Hello, my name is Pastor Michael E. Tom. I'm the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We're at 311 North Dunbar, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We want to welcome you to today's program. Today you're going to be listening to a word either from myself, my lovely wife Kimberly E. Tom, or associate minister at Bethlehem, or teacher. But before we get into word today, we just want to welcome those who are listening throughout our MySpace page at www.myspace.com backslash Pastor Michael Eton. That's E-A-T-O-N. You may be listening through our church website at Word at Bethlehem.com or podcast of the same name, Hear God's Word at Bethlehem or through our Women of Divine Faith or other ministries on the internet. We're going to pray that God would move in mighty and awesome ways. So now, let's get into the Word. Faithful service and the choir. Amen. Give them a hand clap of praise. This Wednesday night, we or they will, I'll sing too, but I don't sing on the mic, but they will do a mini concert during the New Year's Eve service, and we look forward to that. Amen? Amen. Give them another hand clap of praise. Bethlehem, it is fourth Sunday. And this is the Sunday into which we've set apart to carry out God's vision for our church, which really is every Sunday. But this is a unique Sunday to share the love Sunday into which we were to invite those who do not have a church home or those who are not saved to come visit us on the fourth Sunday. And we're going to carry this over to Wednesday. We want you, again, we gave you the little cards. And uh, we want you to give the cards to someone who may not be saved. You'll be surprised if you do what God tells you to do. Because there's some folk here now who are part of our church that you never thought that they would even want to (laughs) come. So if you ask them to come, uh, it's hard to be involved in church. It's hard to go to a place where nobody knows your name. That's why back in the day they had a song for cheer. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You've heard me say many times that they, uh, at those places, they're getting full of the spirit. But it's a different kind of spirit. <laughs> and if we are a spirit-filled church, we will beckon people to the household of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So we're giving you a homework assignment. We want to see, and it's amazing, when you do what you do, the Lord always shows up and show out. So we want to encourage you to, again, to invite uh, uh, for this Wednesday night service uh, to start the new year outright. Invite someone to the household of the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue in a series that I've entitled Victory Over the Tribulations of Life. 
And throughout this series, we've learned that victory comes from having faith in God, Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Yeah. And we're going to continue in that series. We, we talked about victory in battles, part one and two, victory and beauty, victory and bruising, victory and birthing last Sunday. All right. And this Sunday, we're going to talk about victory and belief, in part one. Right. Victory right. and belief, part one. Yeah. And this is Victory Month. We're going to end this year in victory so that we can start next year in what? In victory. Amen. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, we're going to end right and we're going to start right. <laughs> Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. We've entitled this morning's message, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. All right. Yeah. We want you to know that belief in God turns battles into blessings. All right. yes. Belief in God turns battles into blessings. Yes. And uh, we're going to look at uh, 2 Chronicles, really chapter 20. Hopefully you'll be able to uh, read this. Or you've read this before. That's why we give you the verses beforehand so that I won't have to spend as much time giving the background, and we want you to study that. And if you didn't get a chance, you go back home today and read that whole uh, chapter, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, let's read the text for this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 20, uh, tw uh, 12 through 26, but we're really preaching the whole chapter. And we want you to read this together out loud at the same time. This is the NIV uh, let's read this together on three. One, two, three. Oh, our God will not judge him, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. He said, Listen, King, Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Baraka to this day. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. And again, this morning's message, uh, the simple title is, What to Do. All right, what to do. What to do when you don't know what to do. All right. And this morning we want you to know that God tells you to look 
learn, oh, well. and loot. All right, well. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, neighbor, oh, neighbor, look, learn, and loot. Loot for the young folk, that's money. We used to call loot money. <laughs> Back in the day, I think y'all call it cheese. I don't know what y'all call it these days. Make it cheddar, making it rain on you, whatever. <laughs> All kind of songs about getting money. <laughs> but what to do? What to do? One of my favorite, favorite movies and I'm not saying that you should go out and look at it. It is Independence Day. And I love the way that movie starts out. If you don't know what's happening, it starts out in a, a lab. Those who are studying extraterrestrials. And they're getting a sound that they've never heard before. And it was a sound that they believed was there. But, but, but they had never, never heard it before. And it was a sound that the extraterrestrials were on the way to Earth. And in the background of that little lab, there's a little song. I forgot who played that song. It said, it's, the song says, I think it was R-E-O or R-E-M. The, 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 the words of the song says, It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> oh, I held that note a little good, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready for the concert. <laughs> but, 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 but. But it would be July the 2nd and July the 3rd, the end of the world would come. All right. mm. yep. And in a day, the earth was destroyed. All major cities were destroyed. It was called Independence Day. And, and the only thing that we could do was to survive and have hope for Oh, the next day, which was the 4th of July, into which uh, we regained and we overcame in the movie, Independence right. Day. <laughs> I thought about that when I, when I looked at the text. And chapter, uh, verse 1 in Second Chronicles chapter 20, oh, the king hears about a great, vast army. And this great vast army in Ethan's translation was just across the lake. It was a great and vast army and for all points and purposes for the people of Judah and Jerusalem it was the end of the world as they know it. They didn't have any hope. They didn't have any, have any plans, continuously plans for this happening, this vast army. All they did is wake up and it was the end of the world. Oh, 
Oh, somebody, at the sound of my voice, all you did was wake up, and it was the end of the world as you know it. Oh, all you did was go and take your annual physical, and it began to be the end of the world as you know it. Because the doctor said cancer. Oh, when you only have two months to live, it's the end of the world as you know it. Oh, you may have gotten a dear John letter. And it was the end of the world as you know it. Oh, in the country song, see, I used to say, you took a fine time to leave me, Lucille. <laughs> Four hungry children and a crop in the field. It's the end of the world as you know it. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't have plans. You didn't plan this. You couldn't have planned this. Child, this tribulation that you're going through, it's the end of the world as you know it. Oh, you got laid off. You've been hearing about it. It's the end of the world as you know it. Oh. Yes, sir. And you find yourself limited in your time. See, it's already upon you. It's, it's what they call being discombobulated. Oh, this is an enigma. Oh, you're confused because you're about to lose or think you're about to lose. All right. Yes, sir. And God has put you in a place where if he's not God, for you there is no hope. Oh, have you ever been in that place? Oh, come here. Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, come here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, come here. Jesus on the cross. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, what to do when you don't know what to do? Oh, you're confused. Oh, you think you're not going to make it. But God has sent me here today to give you a word to do what the king did in this text. Oh, for the first thing that he did was he called a fast. And everybody fast and pray. Oh, and if you're going through that kind of situation and circumstance where you don't know what to do, you better call a fast. You better call up mama and daddy and say, Mama, Dad, you pray for me. Yeah. Oh, we're going to fast and pray and we're going to get through this uncertain time. Call up the preacher. Call up the deep. Call up anybody that you know has some spiritual fervor and say, fast and pray for me. They called a fast. But the interesting thing that they did right here is that they humbled themselves before the Lord in this text and in this verse. It says in verse 12, and they, and they, and they prayed and interceded, and they said, Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. Oh, we don't have any power. We don't have any strength. We're not a nuclear nation. And they they cried out to the Lord. And when you're in that situation, you better learn to call and pray an impeccatory prayer and say, Lord, will you not judge them? We 
will you not judge them for what they're doing or what they have done? Will you not judge him for saying what they said? Will you not judge him for leaving their post? Will you not judge them for every lie that they told? Will you not judge them for calling me everything but a woman or a man of God? Will you not judge them? Oh, they had to pray to the Lord for they said they had no power in the face of this army that is attacking us. And he says, oh, we do not know what to do. Oh, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Have you ever been there? Some of you are right there right now. You don't know what to do. Oh, you don't know what to do about that person. You don't know what to do about that bank account. You don't know what to do about selling a house. You don't know what to do. Oh, you're, you're in a circumstance. You're in a situation. But the Lord is telling you what you need to do is some four-letter words. It's not that complicated. All you need to do is look. <laughs> but they said, but our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. I said this, I believe, during the prayer time. That many times uh, we are describing our our problems uh, 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 to God as opposed to telling our problems about the God that we serve. (laughs) Somebody missed it. Somebody missed it. You'll get it when you're going home. You need to tell your problems about God. Oh, oh, and when you learn to tell your problems uh, about God uh, and you learn to look, uh, put your eyes uh, in the right place uh, that they said, I don't know what to do, but I do know where to look. I don't know the answer to the problem right now. I don't know. I'm struggling. I don't know what to do, but I do know where to look. And they said what? But our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. It's not a time where you can take your eyes off the Lord. Not doing this uncertain times. You just can't do it. You better put your eyes on the Lord. I know we have presidents trying to solve our economic problems. Oh, but you better get your eyes not on a president, but on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Jesus' name, say to your neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, keep your eyes on the Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says what? Trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart uh, and lean not uh, to your own understanding. Lean not to your own understanding because there'll be times and situations, circumstances where you don't know what to do uh, and you'll lean not uh, to your own understanding because this thing has blown your mind. It's over you, but it's not over the Lord. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, it's over you, but it's not over the Lord. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him in all of your ways. Sometimes we think that God don't know math, but yet he created the universe. 
Hello? Oh, and you think that God don't know intimately the circumstances that you're facing. But God knows. He knows everything. And that's why you need to trust Him in all of your ways. Say to your neighbor, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. All means all. <laughs> oh, and... And, and, and maybe nobody else understands what you're going through, but God does. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Intimately. And you need to acknowledge Him in all of your ways. And it says that He will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. That's the NIV. What does the King James say? And He will direct your path. Oh, whether he's directing or making my path straight, I know where I need to look, and I need to look to the Lord because there's something that he wants to say to me. There's something he wants me to do. There's something that's a message from the Lord that God has for us this morning. But you need to look to him right now. If you haven't uh, before now, you need to say and make up in your mind, I'm going to look to God right now. I didn't start I'm right, but I'm going to end up right. And right now, I'm turning my eyes away from my circumstance. And I'm going to look to the Lord so I can understand this next point, which means to learn. To learn. See, they had to look to God because they had to learn how to get through their circumstance. They need to learn where the path was that was straight. Hello? What does, what, does, what does the Bible say? It says that you need to learn. It talks to the king. And it says, and this is a prophetic word from the prophet that he gave to King Jehoshaphat. It says, this is what the Lord says. And I think this is what God is saying to many of you who are sinning, to even myself. This is what the Lord is saying. He says, do not be afraid. Yeah. Oh, it seems like all of 2008, God has been saying to us, Bethlehem, do not be afraid. Oh, it seems like London Bridge was falling down in 2008, but God was telling us, do not be afraid. Oh, Wall Street seemed to be crumbling, but God was saying, do not be afraid. Oh, there was a housing crisis, but God was saying, do not be afraid. Oh, there were storms in 2008, but God was saying, do not be afraid. There was some folk that were laid off, but God said, do not be afraid. Oh, there was somebody where your mate left you, and God said, do not be afraid. Oh, there was somebody who looked at a negative bank account, and God said, do not be afraid. And right here, before we enter the next year, you better learn how not to be afraid. Say to your neighbor, neighbor. Oh, neighbor, don't be afraid. Young kids, you say, I'm never scared. <laughs> scared. There were three things in this text God was trying to tell him. He said, number one, don't be afraid. Oh, because people who are afraid will not be able to take action. Oh, and that's why 
the lion roars before he jumps his victim because what he does is he cause them to be afraid and they hear the noise and they're panicking stop in their in their feet oh and that's what the deer does sometimes maybe you run into a deer on a lonely night what they do is they stop in the middle of the road big eyes and don't do nothing and boom <laughs> Had they not been afraid, they would have had enough sense to know to keep walking. <laughs> oh, the devil has been rolling in our church in 2008 and trying to make us afraid. But the devil is a lie. The devil has been rolling in your life in 2008. But the devil is a lie. He's been rolling through death. Oh, I was speaking with my barber, and my barber said, it seems like people didn't used to die like this all the time. And the devil is roaring, all trying to cause us to be afraid. There's somebody that's, that's not looking forward to 2008 because they are afraid. And God is saying to you, do not be afraid. Not only that, oh, but do not be discouraged. You better learn to, to not be discouraged. Oh, the choir helped us this morning and telling us to hold on, oh, soldier. Oh, and there's somebody here you need to learn to hold on, oh, soldier. Be not discouraged. Because many times when you get discouraged, again, you won't know what to do. You'll give up. Instead of enduring a hard time in a marriage, oh, you'll give up and say, I want a divorce. Oh, and when you think that you'll never find a job, you'll be discouraged and stop looking. No, 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 no. You need to be encouraged. Right. And it seems like all of 2008, God has been trying to encourage us. He's been trying to, to get us to look to him. He's been trying to get us to learn from him. And he's saying, don't be afraid in 2008. And don't be discouraged in 2008. Because you're going to start your year off the way you ended your year. And we're about to go into another year and you don't need to go in afraid. You don't need to go in discouraged because your whole year will be a discouraging year if you don't have God's buoyancy of hope. Oh, I believe Obama called it from Reverend Wright the audacity to hope. That's what faith in God gives you. The audacity to hope. Oh, I don't care that I'm going through a bankruptcy, but I do love the Lord with all of my heart, and I have faith in Him, and I have audacity to think that this day will not be the only day in my life. Oh, I may fall asleep and wake up and tired, so we'll turn in Jesus' name. You better have the audacity to hope in Jesus' name. Because for some, this is what God is saying, this last point here. He says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, because this, this vast army, for what I love this food, I love this verse. For the battle is not yours, but God. 
Oh, in the trials, uh, I will look to transcend. God laid a trap. I think it was uh, the angels. Though it didn't say in the text. But they end up dying, everyone. This vast army. And this is how uh, soldiers get rich. They say they get to carry off the loot or the plunder. <laughs> and they had so much loot. It took them three days to collect it all. Oh, let me see how much loot we have up in here. You about to have an offering. Come on, what y'all looking at me like I'm crazy? <laughs> you say, what, it, all it took was 10 minutes? <laughs> well, today's offering. <laughs> <laughs> it took three days to collect this offering. Three days. And after they collected that offering, what did they do? They ended up in a valley. And many times we, we don't want to be in valleys. Oh, but David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Oh, we don't like to be in valleys. Oh, we never like to see our monies go down. We only want to see our monies go up. And that's what most of the time the valley represents. It represents depression. It represents sadness. It represents having to do some stuff that you didn't want to do. And having to go some places that you didn't want to go. Nobody likes to be in the valley. Nobody likes to be in a recession. But those who have faith can take advantage of the recession and they can begin to loot oh for every time there was a depression there was always somebody getting rich oh every time there was a recession there was always somebody making money because of their faith either in their ability or in their God and right now God is saying that it's time to loot oh some of you don't want to spend some of you don't want to take any risks. Some of you don't want to make any challenges. But God is saying, it's time to loot this place. It's time to buy. It's time to collect. It's time to make that move that he wants you to make. Because what they had to do in order to loot is they had to trust God and show up at the battle. Oh, Woody Allen says that 70% of success is just showing up. 70% of success just showing up. And that's all they had to do was to believe that it was God's battle and God told them to go and to stand firm. And they went and they stood firm and they saw the deliverance of God and they looted the place because God had already won the victory. Yeah. Oh, some of you 
somebody right now saying it's not a good time to go into the stock market. I say the devil is a lie. You ain't going to ever find stock this low. You, If you want to make some money, you better go out. Uh, some people say it's not a good time to go into real estate. The devil is a lie. Oh, because you're not going to be able to find land and houses this cheap. Oh, you better start looting right now in Jesus' name. <laughs> I've got a loot mentality 2009 we're going to loot this place and we're going to build a building in 2010 because 2009 we're going to start looting we're going to get money in Jesus name we're going to take property in Jesus name we're going to loot up in this place up in this place because the time is now God is still on the throne. It's not time to be afraid. It's time for us to take some risks in Jesus' name. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, oh neighbor, I'm about to be a looter. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Proverbs 13, 22b says, but the wealth of the wicked or the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Hello? Hello? The wealth of the wicked. Oh, those wicked folk are losing their money. That means I'm supposed to be getting some money. <laughs> some of them guys on Wall Street showed up in Washington in their private jets asking to be bailed out. They told him, you have to lose them jets when we do anything for you. <laughs> the next time they came, they said, we drove this time. <laughs> oh, but it's time for us to lose. Wicked folk, greedy people are losing everything. Greed and wickedness. And if they're losing again, this text says that I'm supposed to be gaining. And in Jesus' name, I'm about to gain. In Jesus' name, I'm about to lose. Up in here, up in here. <laughs> that key verse is righteous. Oh, you can't loot if you're not anchored in Jesus. Because you'll do what everybody else did with the wealth. Buy 25 homes worth uh, $25 million. Got a home everywhere. <laughs> that ain't righteous. And asking me to bail you out. Imagine that asking us in Paul's Valley <laughs> to bail out Wall Street. <laughs> Say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm about to lose. I'm going to take what you have. In Jesus' name. Give God a hand clap of praise. You want a happy 2009. You better get this mentality and say, I'm about to loot up in 2009. God is about to bless me because I'm righteous. The wicked get punished, but I'm about to be blessed. I've been going through too much mess. The devil has been rowing in my life. I've been going through too much not to be blessed. In Jesus' name. 
all eyes closed and heads bowed. Somebody here do not know the Lord. And this is a time for you to get to know the Lord. This is a time for you to learn to look to God. This is a time for you to learn from God. This is a time where you can loot for God. But you have to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have to understand the Christmas story that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You have to realize that, that God sent his son. His son came and lived on this earth for 33 years. Oh, he came on the earth and he healed folk to prove that he was who he said he was. He delivered some folk to prove that he who he was who he said he was. And, but he had to go through something. Because he was born to die. And he struggled in the garden of, of Gethsemane praying because his life was about to be looted. The devil was about to take advantage of this time in his life. And he had to get anchored in God the Father through prayer. And he got anchored in God the Father through prayer. And he got up after he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He got up and the devil started to loot his life. The devil starts to try him for crimes that he did not commit. The devil started to whoop him, mock him, scorn him, put a crown of thorns on his head and a cross on his back. The devil started to loot him. Oh, and Jesus had to carry that cross up to a hill called Golgotha and be nailed to that cross. Oh, and put up between two thieves as the devil tried to loot him. Him. And the devil looted him, but he still didn't have enough power to take his life. So Jesus had to, to give up his life, and he gave up his life, and he died for your sins and my sins. He was put in a borrowed tomb where death in the grave began to loot his body. Oh, but God had the victory in the end because the Bible says that he got up on the third day with all power in his hands. He got up on the third day with all power in his hands. He rebuked the looter. He shut the lion's mouth. Oh, he got up with all power in his hands and he went on to be with the Father and right now he sits on the right hand side of the Father in a seating for me and for you and if you can believe that story today then you can be saved that Jesus died for your sins was buried and raised again on the third day and this day this morning you can be saved in Jesus name but not only that but for those that know the Lord this morning you have looked to God and know where he is this morning you
you have learned from God and know what to do. And this morning, God is saying it's time for you to loot in Jesus' name because God has the power oh, to make a difference in your life. God has the power to make a difference in your circumstance. God can give you victory. Whether you Hello again, this is Pastor Michael Eton. I've been your host for today's program. And before we sign off, we just want to make sure that you have a personal relationship with God. You know, many people are waiting to have a personal relationship with God. They're waiting because they're trying to clean up their life or get right with God to stop smoking or cursing before they come to the house of the Lord. And you know what I tell them? There's nothing that you can do or stop doing that would make you right for a relationship with God. The thing that you must do, however, is take God's provision. You see, in order to get right with God, you have to meet him on his terms. And his terms is Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that God demonstrated his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. God's only son, God's love, Christ died for us. So in order to get right with God, you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you can do that today by praying this simple prayer. Dear God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Dear God, come into my life, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Amen. And praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then the angels in heaven are rejoicing. For now you are a child of the living King. Because you're a child of a living king, you have to find God's family, and that's what the church is. The church is God's family here on earth. We would love to believe by faith that you've been born to the household of faith here at Bethlehem. Again, we're at 311 North Dunbar in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, 55 miles south of Oklahoma City. We'd love to see you in our services. And if you're listening throughout the world, listen throughout the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, or even China. We're going to pray that God will deliver you to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-living church where you can grow up in the things of God. We want to thank you once again for listening. And again, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to find a church home. A baby born needs to be a baby born in the family. Because babies can't make it on their own. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are a spiritual baby. And you must find a church home. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm going to give us a final benediction. A benediction is a final blessing. Father God, we thank you, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless everyone at the sound of my voice, especially the new children of God. Deliver them safely to a church home. And put your hedge of protection around us all. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again, either here in Cyber Church or in the service. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise the Lord. Hello.
again. This is Pastor Mike Wee Tom, the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma. We want to take this opportunity to see if God used this message in your heart, if if your life is changed, if God really spoke to you and touched your heart and changed the moment in your life. We just want to thank God for how he's working in your life, but we also want to take this opportunity to see if we can get you to sow a seed in the life of our church. Right now, we're entering into a building program, and we've calling this program Vision to Reality. And this is phase one of our building program, and I've told many of our members, you know, I may not serve at a mega church, but I do serve a mega God. Not living in a mega city. This is Paul's Valley. But we serve a mega God because we're heard all over the United States and different countries and kingdoms. And we're believing that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills where you are. And if you take a moment and go to our church website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com. And you can hear it. Uh, tap the link on the MySpace page or... Uh, just go to the front page of our website at www.heargodsword at Bethlehem.com and scroll to the bottom there. You'll see Vision to Reality, and that's where you can give to the building. And we, we want to do it kind of just like Obama did it. He raised his funds. It was just people, ordinary, everyday people, $25 that helped him to raise millions of dollars in a economy that people were saying that is depressed. I think that's God. I believe God can do it for us, and we want you to give. Once again now, if God has touched and moved and worked in your life as a result of you listening to this ministry, we want you to give to Vision to Reality and help us to make our building here in Paul's Valley, state-of-the-arts build a reality because you've taken time to give 25, 50, 10 100 and you may be able to do more whatever god is laying on your heart we need you so we can build this vision to a reality may god bless you and keep you is my prayer again go to the website www.heargodsword at bethlehem